Aging Matters on WERA is brought to you in part by Synergy Home Care. Synergy Home Care provides premier in-home care for you or your loved one throughout Northern Virginia, including personal care, homemaker services, companion and memory care, and transportation. Call 703-558-3435 or visit SynergyHomeCare.com for more information. Synergy Home Care will find a care solution to meet your needs. On this first Aging Matters radio program of 2022, we acknowledge the coronavirus pandemic has been with us for almost two years. To avoid getting the virus, many older adults have been vaccinated and boosted, hoping that by doing so, life would soon return to normal. With the emergence of the new Omicron variant, however, we know life remains uncertain. As a result, older adults must continue to be vigilant about staying healthy and safe. On today's program, we revisit the August 17, 2021 program featuring fitness professional Chris Clow, who talks about personal training and healthy lifestyles. This show remains timely and provides helpful advice to older adults and their families as they embark on a new year. I hope you will enjoy it again. Good afternoon and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. My guest today is Chris Clow, a fitness professional in personal training, fitness technology, and healthy lifestyle promotion. He's going to talk about the benefits of exercise and physical activities for older adults and how a personal trainer can help individuals age 55 and older become and remain healthy. So welcome, Chris, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Cheryl. So nice of you to have me today. I'm excited to join you on Aging Matters. Okay, well, and that's a good segue into my very first question, which is talk about the factors that affect physical fitness and wellness for older adults. Well, I think it, I, I think that we're all uh, well aware that exercise is good, but particularly for older adults, it is so important. There's really four key things that I found that are critical for older adults in my experience of over 15 years, uh, working primarily with older adults 50 plus. And that really uh, focuses on both our muscular uh, and our skeletal health. So losing muscle over time is known as sarcopenia, which is the loss of muscle mass is as we age. And uh, there's a related term there, sometimes heard dinopenia, which is the loss of strength. But what's important to keep in mind is this loss of muscle mass in older adults is not something we are predetermined to. You can affect that. So muscle muscle health is really important and you can affect that by strength training. The other important thing not to lose is uh, your skeletal health. We all are aware that uh, falls happen in older adults and we can talk about that, but your bones are living tissue and they can be affected by exercise too. And you can strengthen your bones through exercise. 
Thirdly, I think it's really important to keep in mind that your nervous system, uh, that is your perception and your nervous system in your body can be affected by lack of activity. So older adults can benefit from exercise as well. And then finally, uh, I would say that the other factors affecting physical fitness and wellness for older adults is just your overall health and lifestyle. Your happiness that comes with strong, healthy lifestyle and being active and mobile. So those are really the key areas I found in dealing with uh, adults 55 plus that are, are looking to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Those are the key areas, uh, muscular, skeletal, nervous system, and then overall uh, activities in daily life. And so given that then, tell us why uh, older adults should exercise and do these physical activities that you're going to be talking about during the program today. Exercise really is the uh, fountain of youth for older adults. Our ability to move and our ability to enjoy physical exercise uh, affects every aspect of our life, uh, from sleeping, better sleep, better uh, enjoyment of food, better enjoyment of our social life, better enjoyment of every aspect of our life. It really truly is uh, the fundamental thing that will keep us, uh, most importantly, living longer and living longer in a healthy life. Sounds like the exercise then, it really does help physically and, and is one of the physical benefits. Uh, would you agree then, based on what you had told us earlier? Yeah, certainly exercise is, uh, as I say, is the, is the foundational thing to a uh, happy, healthier lifestyle. Uh, we know from uh, research very clearly that active adults live longer. Uh, we know that they are happier. And we also know, and this is not to be lost, is that they are mentally sharper. Uh, one of the things about exercise is that it brings oxygen into the body and oxygen into the brain, and that keeps you sharper. And uh, people that exercise perform better on uh, testing for uh, their mental uh, acuity for a lot of different skills. So that's another great uh, aspect of exercise for older adults. I would also imagine that there's some social benefits, too. If people are doing exercise uh, together, they're interacting with each other, and uh, particularly right now, given what folks have been experiencing in terms of isolation, and if they are vaccinated, and I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that, that socially doing exercise together can also be beneficial. Would you agree? Absolutely. That's, that's a real key, Cheryl, is that exercise, particularly in groups, and it can be with a partner, it can be with a small group or any size group, but what you feel comfortable in is important. But it can lead to confidence building for uh, older adults. Uh, you can have greater um, peer acceptance and making those connections with new people. And research has shown that uh, older adults that are in uh, exercise programs with others have developed greater empathy and caring for others in their group. And then, and then too, as you get into a program, it, it can make you more reliable. You establish some routines and people come to depend and look forward to seeing you in these settings. So that's one of the other uh, social uh, benefits. 
You did, Chris, mention a little bit about sleep. Before we start talking again about exercise programs, would you also, in, in your experience, agree and about good nutrition and getting enough sleep each night? Are they part of the so-called exercise and physical activity regimen that older adults should get into? That's right. It, it's really true that, uh, you, as I've always said, you can't exercise your way out of a poor nutrition uh, or diet. Nutrition is uh, really the fundamental driver of our weight and weight management. What's interesting is for older adults in particular, research is really pointed in particular to the need for increased protein for older adults. As we age, our body requires more protein, and that protein, of course, is used to fuel the development of our muscle growth or maintain our muscle growth. So making sure that you have proper nutrition with hearty uh, whole foods, uh, I think that it's well known that uh, uh, keeping a, uh, a proper uh, diet, again, that, in, that increases protein over time uh, is really important to the overall health and is integral in your success with your exercise program. What about sleep? Oh, sleep is really all the magic happens. Uh, when you exercise, your body needs to recover because that exercise activity, it actually is working on your body or using up that energy and your muscles need to recover. And sleep is when that recovery happens. So proper sleep is essential to recovery. And uh, having good sleep routines uh, are essential to exercise. And then as it relates back, uh, that will increase your performance levels or your ability to exercise, and you will be able to sleep better. So there's a nice relationship between really good sleep and uh, exercise. Okay. Well, one thing I'm sure people are going, well, you know, am I too old to begin exercising? Or I would like to ask you that question. And, and also, are there certain barriers that older adults might have? Talk a little bit about common barriers and then the concern that somebody might think that they're too old to exercise. Well, the short answer to that, Cheryl, is no one is ever too old to start exercising. You can start exercising at any age. And uh, there has been a, quite a bit of research in recent years about the uh, incredible um, ability for seniors, even those in their 80s and 90s, to actually increase their uh, abilities uh, in exercise and to add strength, even in, in 80s and 90s. But very clearly, there is recognition that there are some common barriers to older adults taking up exercise. And a lot of that can be rooted in discomfort and pain. Um, that they may have from a previous injury. Uh, people have fear of, of injury, and uh, that certainly can be a, a barrier. And I think that overcoming that by starting slow and having a good program that they feel a good deal of confidence in is important. Um, clearly, other um, barriers can include uh, things such as uh, Maybe there's some cognitive decline on some seniors that uh, are aged and, and maybe don't have the sensory 
skills that are related to giving them some fear about their movement patterns and that those things are very real and need to be um, addressed. Other than that, the tremendous benefits that can come from the program far outweigh those barriers once someone gets started. So the most important thing is that you get started. And as part of that very first step, Chris, if they haven't exercised before or a long time ago, would it be worthwhile for an older adult to consult with a physician, maybe their primary care physician, before starting to exercise? What do you see in in your practice? Yes, that's absolutely true. Anyone before they start an exercise routine should uh, consult with their physician. They should have had um, a physical uh, in in within the year on an annual basis, of course. And given the current environment uh, with folks uh, in the pandemic, uh, they may not have been to their physician, so they certainly should uh, consult with their physician before starting an exercise program. And related to that, I would say, too, that they should, if not already, be vaccinated. And uh, also, if they're going to be in any kind of setting with uh, either a trainer or others that are exercising, they should really look to see what the um, guidelines are. Uh, And uh, I would strongly urge them to consider uh, only only exercising in vaccinated environments, that is, with others that have been vaccinated as well for for their own protection and protection of others. Well, and, and we can talk more about that because I would assume also that there might be opportunities given what's happening with the Delta variant that older adults could still do uh, exercises at home, that there might still be something online that they could do to stay a little bit safer. I'm just sort of inserting that is that true? Yes, absolutely. And there, there are a number of resources that we can talk about, but certainly there are online. And uh, I have personally done virtual training with a number of people. And what's, of course, the upside to that is you can be anywhere. And I've certainly uh, had the interesting opportunity to train folks from uh, New Hampshire to California and New York, Texas. And it can be done. Now, there are some trade-offs for sure, but uh, staying active through virtual training is a great option, particularly for older adults that uh, want to keep keep up to speed and want to get that coaching that they are looking for while we're in this current environment. And then they can take that and move forward. And as things improve, certainly they can uh, look for opportunities to get involved uh, back in um, activities with either one-on-one or with others as uh, situations improve. What I really like to focus now on is explain to us what is a personal trainer? You, That's what you are. So were there skills and requirements that you have to meet in order to do this? Do you have a certification? Give us a little overview. Well, it might, it might help if I just share my personal story about how I became a personal trainer and, and what that means. I was uh, very active uh, and uh, was a college athlete and thought I knew everything, but I found out the world has changed quite a bit. And uh, there's been a lot uh, going on in the world in terms of science and the uh, techniques used for exercise training. I had uh, a very well established career and uh, was working 
in the corporate world. And then I found myself injured like so many adults. And I had some orthopedic surgeries and uh, came through those and really decided after a very serious one that I needed to get myself in better condition. And doing so, I got back into exercise and started really researching. And after that, I decided this was something that I needed to uh, really pursue. So I went back to school and took coursework, and that led me to become a certified personal trainer. And to be a personal trainer, well, the, the truth is that there are a lot of folks running around calling themselves personal trainers, but you do need to have certification and you do need to have some sort of both academic background as well as some practical background. One good resource is uh, the US Registry of Exercise Professionals, and uh, that's uh, online and you can find my name in there as long as well as others that are certified at the highest levels. There's about three or four organizations that are very reputable, very high level of, of standards for those types of exercise professionals. And you'll wanna check that registry. And also you should look to, um, of course, referrals, but uh, most uh, personal trainers and uh, most ones that are really focused on older adults is something that is a specialty that you want to, to know. You want to know that they've worked with uh, older adults as uh, their specialization and that they've taken some coursework in that area. So that's that's really the, the root of it. And uh, I've been lucky in working over the past 15 years, again, primarily with uh, 50 plus uh, older adults that uh, have many of whom have had orthopedic issues or other medical issues that are related to uh, their need or wanting to get in better condition. And um, I think that, uh, you know, the important thing is that you, you find somebody that has both the certification and the experience in uh, working with older adults. That's very helpful, Chris. And I think at this point, too, we should explain, or I'd like to have you explain, what the difference is between a personal trainer and a physical therapist, because oftentimes older adults do work with physical therapists, and um, there might be some confusion. So tell us what, that, what the difference is. Well, I, I think the way to look at it is, uh, you know, clearly uh, physical therapists are are those medical professionals that work primarily with folks that have had injury. So be it orthopedic or muscular uh, or something like that, physical therapists or occupational therapists uh, related uh, are often referred out from um, a primary care doctor or a specialist following some type of injury where someone needs to work through a range of motion at the joint and look for different movement patterns. I like to, to say that you th should think about your uh, a good personal trainer as that next step beyond the physical therapist, where a physical therapist will work with you on some basic motor skills and work through movement patterns. A personal trainer will take you the next step and really get you the strength and exercise programs to take you further. Uh, personal trainers, except in rare occasions, are not under insurance programs. So a physical therapist typically is. 
uh, for at least some part of those sessions. But a personal trainer works with you uh, really to take you, again, depending on your goals, to another level beyond what you would get with a physical therapist. A physical therapist will get you walking out the door. We'd like to get you either jogging, perhaps, or doing what you'd want to do if whatever your goals might be. Uh, but a, a very good trainer will have a relationship with physical therapists, and uh, oftentimes they'll have referrals back and forth between therapists and uh, personal trainers. And do you find, in terms of working with older adults, that what's what's been your experience? Do you find that they don't know how to exercise, or they uh, need more advice? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get at why might an older adult need a personal trainer? What what kinds of uh, experiences have you dealt with or seen with your clients that really reinforced the need for an older adult to have a personal trainer? What What would you tell us? Well, I would say that, you know, older adults today you know, why is it specifically? Well, the, the reality is that the, the world is, is getting older. Uh, we know that uh, over 60-year-olds or six, worldwide that uh, the number of people over 60 is going to double in the next uh, 30 years or so. And uh, nearly 25% of the world is going to be over 60. So you're going to see older adults in a full range from masters athletes that are doing Olympic-like performances well into their 60s, 70s, 80s, to those that are on the other end of the spectrum that perhaps are a bit frail. And uh, there's a clinical definition for being frail, and that may be that they need some basic exercise programs. So Older adults is a wide spectrum, as you know, Cheryl, of, of individuals and the skills. So really the question is, a personal trainer for an older adult is very specific to that person's goals or wants. Some people are looking to take that dream vacation that they've planned for many years. I had one woman I worked with for many years ago that had planned the vacation for years and years, and she wanted to be in the best physical condition she could be before she went on a vacation. I've had others that just want to get strong enough so they can lift their grandchildren. I want, I've worked with other uh, older athletes that are, are looking to return to sports from their uh, youth or, or to pursue new sports. So a personal trainer can really be someone that is uh, specific to your goal to help you achieve a safe and that's very important, a safe exercise program that can help you get to whatever it is you want in terms of your conditioning needs. Okay. The other thing that occurs to me as I was listening to you is the fact that a personal trainer is also kind of like the best cheerleader because it makes you continue to do the exercises or whatever program that uh, that you as a personal trainer help that older adult to to do and you kind of have to keep at it 
just to maintain the, that strength and, and other, uh, the other benefits. So, so all that said, Chris, we're going to take a short break right now. If you tuned in late, we're talking with Chris Clow, who is a fitness professional in personal training, fitness technology, and healthy lifestyle promotion. And you are listening to WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. We'll be right back. Aging Matters is sponsored in part by the Aging Life Care Association, an organization of aging life care professionals. Aging life care professionals offer guidance, advocacy, and support for older adults and their families in order to maximize quality of life. An aging life care professional can be there for your loved one when you can't be. More information about the Aging Life Care Association is available at www.midatlanticalca.org. back. We are talking with Chris Clow, a fitness professional in personal training, fitness technology, and healthy lifestyle promotion. And we learned a lot about the benefits of exercise and physical fitness and having a personal trainer. So before we get into the actual exercise itself, Chris, help us understand if one of our listeners or many of our listeners want to find a personal trainer what are some places that they could look? And as importantly, how can they be assured that the trainer that they um, got in touch with is, is qualified, is legitimate? Uh, give, us a, give us the information we need to know about making sure that this is a legitimate person that they might want to work with. Sure, Cheryl. Uh, it's it's really important. Um, I mentioned uh, checking the U.S. Registry of Exercise Professionals, and you can just Google that up, and you can see by your location, you can put your zip code in, and you can see who's certified in your area, and that that is a a good reliable resource. Two, you're going to want to uh, certainly get just like with any other professional service, a good uh, referral uh, and uh, Make sure that they're experienced working with adults your age, older adults. And two, uh, you know, if you go to uh, most, um, most folks will have, uh, for instance, myself, I have a Facebook page that you can find. Uh, and you'll see that it's very much geared towards uh, older adults. So, you know, that's really what you're going to want to be looking for is somebody, again, has experience in that certification uh, that, that really lends itself to uh, older adults. And also in terms of a fee, do you have a range of, of what a personal trainer usually charges? Yeah, you know, in this area in Northern Virginia, where I am here um, in Fairfax and Arlington, you're gonna expect to pay a uh, range anywhere from, uh, if they're in a group setting, something like $30 up to $100, uh, per session. Um, it depends on the type of training you're getting, who you're working with. Now, somebody say, wow, that, that can add up quickly. Well, it, it really depends on what your goals are. And I think it's to keep in mind in terms of typically the price range, the longer your engagement, in other words, the more sessions you do, usually that price per session 
uh, will come down depending on the, uh, again, the type of training you're getting. But um, there are many well-qualified people in this area uh, and it lends itself, um, you know, typically when we see national polling, uh, Arlington and uh, Washington DC metro area always rank very high in the number of, um, uh, and the level of overall fitness by categories, meaning that it's a well-educated area and people understand that they're paying for uh, the best in uh, professional services. And do you have a website, uh, any of those website addresses, or even what is your website address? Yes, yes. You can find me on Facebook at uh, Silver, uh, which goes with my hair, Silver Fit, F-I-T, for the number four, life. And uh, you can find me there. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, too. But um, I'm there, and in, in, there's some background information on me and, uh, and ways to contact me. You certainly can contact me at uh, silverfitforlife at gmail.com or chriselitetraining at gmail.com. Either one of those is good. And let me give you a couple of other resources very quickly. Uh, the National Institute on Aging has a very good uh, site called Go for Life. That's G-O, the number four, L-I-F-E. Uh, you can also find um, some information about virtual training at uh, YMCA produces some uh, nice uh, free virtual basic exercise videos. Um, the Veterans Administration also has some uh, videos that can be useful for folks to, to look for. So those are a couple of, of nice sites um, that can get you some virtual training and also some information that's important for your, uh, your background and to understand ways to approach working with uh, exercise programs and also how to work with trainers. And I think that since I'm in Arlington or we're in Arlington and uh, there are also at the community centers, uh, the 55 plus yes. programs are also excellent as well. So I wanna pivot into the training program itself. How often does an older adult usually meet with a personal trainer? Is it weekly and uh, monthly? Uh, how many months? And what is the average length of time that you as a personal trainer spend with an adult or if there's a group? What, what's the time span? Well, again, it's, it depends on your goals. But starting out, I think that people should think about a weekly type schedule. Um, in terms of frequency, uh, the sessions you can attend can be varied, but with a personal trainer, you're talking about anywhere from one to four sessions a week. Somebody could go once a week, somebody could go more, again, depending on your timeline, your training and such. Um, a nice mix is to do personal training with small group training, or maybe you're also uh, as you work with your trainer, they can give you assignments. So it might be walking on one day, small group training on the other day, and then one-on-one -on -one training. Other options include uh, training with partners, be it your spouse or friend. Um, that can really be a nice way to uh, both work with your budget and your timeline, and also to have that that social impact that, and social connection that we've talked about. So. 
the number of times you meet with a trainer is really dependent upon both your timeline, your goals, and obviously your budget and how how it works best for you. And to that point, then, uh, is there special clothing? I mean, I'm assuming it probably is more just shorts or something really comfortable, but shoes. Talk about what you advise folks that you work with as to what they should wear for their all their sessions. Well, it's interesting because the research shows us that if people dress well, they actually want to exercise better. So, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money on clothing. And most important thing is you're comfortable. Certainly, I think we're all aware now that there are newer fabrics that work very well with exercise clothing. And you can get those at uh, places like Target and the like that you don't have to spend a lot of money. But it's important that you do dress for the occasion often as typical layers, particularly if you're outside. Um, the most important thing really is the shoes. It's important to get some very solid, well-made shoes. And frankly, it's important to get shoes that are made for training. And that is moving uh, when you're going to be moving in different directions. A lot of people will default to running shoes, which are fine for running. But if you're training, you're going to want something with a wide sole, something that has uh, a good support system and allows you to move in different directions. So if you're going in to buy shoes, ask for shoes that are trainers that will you typically have a flatter heel, won't be as high heel, and they can be used in all kinds of different surfaces and give you good grip and uh, ability to move in different directions. Good advice. And so the first time that you meet with your client or clients, what do you kind of sit down and say, okay, what kind of exercise program do you want? Or do you ask a lot of questions and then advise them as to the best exercise program? What is that interaction? How, how do you kind of lay the groundwork of what this program is going to look like? Sure. The, the first meeting, uh, with uh, someone about an exercise program is is really a consultation to get their background. And, and there's something known as a physical activity ready, readiness questionnaire. And going through that is really a review of the individual, uh, review of their physical conditions, any medications they might be on that would affect their, their exercise, um, their history of anything related to orthopedic issues or injuries that may affect their exercise. And that really is a, um, a part of the interview process and understanding uh, what the goals are, what the issues might be, what the timeline might be. And that's very important to understand. And that really helps shape the direction of the exercise program which over the course of sessions will change and adapt as needed for uh, the individual. Um, you know, some of the things we look for are, are their overall strength. We look at, uh, and there's a couple of ways we can screen for that. Uh, we look for the gait, the way people move when they walk. We can judge based on the way they move and walk, how their hips or knees or might be. Um, you know, we look for questions related to how their weight has been. Has it stayed steady? Have they lost weight recently or gained weight recently? Have they been active at all? Are they coming from the couch? Or are they somebody who walks regularly? Somebody 
you know, a lot of these factors all weigh into shaping the direction of the exercise program. So it's really up to you then to decide, given the feedback that your client gives you as to what the exercise program will look like. But my assumption then would be then it's kind of changing as they progress. Is that kind of what happens? Yeah, that's that's one of the aspects of, of your exercise program is both your goals may change. And I've had certainly that experience working with individuals that have begun an exercise program because they just didn't feel well. And then they said, well, now I'm feeling a little bit better and I'd really like to do whatever it might be. I'd really like to go challenge myself a little bit this way, or I'd really like to do that vacation, as I mentioned, or I'd really like to um, be able to go on, uh, uh, you know, work in my yard, not have my back hurt. There's some things that, you know, that I can do to help strengthen overall. Sure. So those things will change over time. And, you know, really part of this, again, is that assessment. And um, for instance, uh, one of the tools we use is uh, a hand grip uh, dynamometer and uh, uh, the dynometer will will really help uh, uh, assess the hand strength or grip strength is what we're looking for, which is a really key factor. And it's one of the first uh, things that we look for in um, people's assessment of their strength. It's a a very interesting uh, hand grip measurement actually can tell us a lot about uh, somebody's overall strength. There's a high correlation to their heart health. Um, and so um, that's a that's one kind of assessment we do. There are many other kinds of assessments that we do that can help give us an indication of where people are at. And one thing that you had mentioned earlier in the program that may prevent older adults from getting into exercise programs, and that's the fear of injuries. Do you assess that and do you also talk about that when you're explaining what kind of exercise program? Because I I would imagine, especially those who are older and are a little more on the frail side, could really risk injuries or even falls. How do you address that since that's such an important aspect of working with this population? Right. So safety really is paramount. Safety is uh, the most important thing to consider. And uh, so that is built into every aspect. There are many exercises you can do that uh, are challenging and can be uh, fun, but we want to make sure that they're safe. And a lot of times um, that may need a, a fitness professional, a personal trainer to be there to help in spotting, which is uh, assisting or checking the form and uh, movement uh, as you do the exercise so that you can uh, do them safely and prevent any unintended uh, injury. So safety is, is really paramount. Okay. Well, I wanted to quickly ask you, is, is there anything, and I read as I was preparing the questions about principles of exercise training, are there general principles that you use when you're dealing with older adults when you have these kinds of programs? I just wanted to check that out first. Yeah. So the, the principles of exercise training is really rooted in uh, science, and there, there are many... Uh, 
principles, if you will, that have evolved over the years. And they're, they're true for anyone, regardless of age. And um, the key ones, and, and they're, again, they've been added over the years, but the key ones are, are number one is really the focus on the individual and individual differences. So that uh, some, an exercise I do, an exercise that Cheryl does, uh, are really specific to us. Our bodies, each person is an individual and each pe person responds differently to exercise. There's some fundamental things we know, but we also know that there's those difference, differences by individual. So the individual differences is one of the key principles in understanding it. The second principle really that's true for everyone is, is the principle of overload, which means that you need to you need to push yourself just a little bit each time, little bit. You do two this time, we want to do three next time. That can be a way to do uh, overload, which is a little bit more. I can stand up out of my chair and I can do it. Next time I'll do it without using both arms to press. Maybe I just use one hand to press. And then finally I stand up without using my, my arms to press on the uh, the, the chair to stand, and I'm just standing up with my own power with my legs. That's, that's a principle of overload. So it can be simply a body weight. And the third principle is progression, which is really over time. How can I perform better over time? And um, can I improve over time? And then fourthly is adaption. Can my body adapt to it? As I get stronger, my body will adapt to it. And then it's one thing, once I do it and get good at it, I need to push a little bit more because my body will adapt to it. And then finally, uh, I, or the last ones I will mention right now uh, is that, you know, truth is it that we have to do this. It's an use it or lose it. So there's the principle of, uh, use, disuse, or, or sometimes referred to as reversibility. But it's really about use it or lose it, which means you got it. You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving because if you don't keep moving, uh, those benefits will slowly dissipate over time. And then, and then lastly, I will add uh, specificity is that um, if you want to be a good swimmer, you swim. If you want to be a good runner, you run. If you want to be a cyclist, you cycle. So that specificity is doing those things that are particular to what your goals are. And um, so those are some of the principles that are true for anybody in exercise and are particularly true for older adults. Okay. Well, that that's very helpful. I was thinking about that in terms of keeping going when I'm doing my various uh, exercises and uh, and continuing to do it is really the most important part. So um, thank you. I, I appreciate hearing that. I wanted to get into some of the uh, exercises or things that you do with older adults. And the first one is strength training. Explain ex what is strength training? What are the benefits? Is it ever too late to start? Tell us more about strength training. Well, strength training is really the uh, foundation. If you're building your house, you want to have a strong foundation. And strength training is like building your house and having really good footers and good, um, good foundation to build upon. It truly is the, uh, the root for uh, all other activities, 
particularly for older adults, and it's never too late. And that's that's the message. One message I hope people take away from this today is it is never too late to start. You can always start and you can always get benefits. Strength training really is, as I just mentioned, it can be as simple as using our own body weight, which is uh, standing up out of a chair or pressing against the wall to do some what we call wall push-ups or other types of activities, and you can really build from there. Again, on the spectrum, there are many adults that are quite fit and they can do some more advanced things. Others that uh, are just starting out or are returning from uh, an injury, it's, it's going to take a slow start. But clearly, strength training is the really critical thing to keep all other things um, in working order and uh, to live a healthy lifestyle. And do you recommend using little weights? I mean, I've seen something as small as two pounds or four pounds or five pounds, or sometimes they're really can be quite heavy and people are lifting them, you know, in the air. Do you, do you use those a lot? Tell us a little bit more about the using weights. Well, weight weights and, and what you're referring to as known as free weights are just one tool of many. And certainly um, free weights have a, a tremendous benefit and have a role. And it really depends on the individual. There are many tools and a, a very skilled uh, personal trainer will use all different types of tools, be it free weights or machine-based weights, which people are familiar with usually in health clubs or gyms. Uh, there are bands, there are cable systems, there are balls, there are weighted balls. There are all types of devices that can be useful in a mix that provide variety. And um, so free weights are, are, are just great and uh, there's a long history with them. We do need to be safe with them. And that's, again, part of uh, getting a good exercise uh, program with a personal trainer. Okay. Talk about aerobic exercises. Is that a part of, of the training program as well? Maybe you could give some examples of aerobic exercise and the benefits. Sure. Aerobic exercises, uh, of course, refers to those exercises that are typically uh, endurance-based that are geared for our heart health and uh, lung development. They'll increase your breathing and heart rates when you do them. Um, and it's really important to improve overall fitness. Um, there has been many studies showing the tremendous advantages of doing uh, aerobic activities. And, and, and of course, uh, the most familiar ones are things like brisk walking or power walking. Um, you can get aerobic uh, benefits from yard work. Uh, dancing is a tremendous uh, aerobic activity. Uh, which many older adults enjoy. Uh, swimming, which is very kind on the joints, is also a great aerobic activity. Uh, cycling, um, simple uh, types of uh, other types of, of movement that, again, increase your heart rate. Um, people can, of course, do get aerobic activity from um, different sports like uh, a tennis or, or even driveway basketball. And what about the use of, of like the treadmill and some of the machines mm -hmm. that you see at gyms? Are, 
Do you encourage older adults to use some of these machines that you find in gyms or wherever? Sure. Treadmills, uh, ellipticals, stair mills, uh, they're all options, uh, and they're many. Um, you do need to be careful. Uh, the truth of the matter is that uh, treadmills are perhaps the most dangerous things that uh, people don't think of them that way, but they are the number one cause for injury uh, in, in exercise uh, at gyms. Um, so uh, treadmills are tremendous, particularly when the weather is adverse outside, either too hot or too cold. Uh, if you're inside at 72 degrees, uh, and you're on a treadmill, that's a great way to get uh, some uh, aerobic activity and uh, benefits from. But you can also walk on it. You don't have to run. Yeah, it's, it's a great, I, 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 uh, I think it's, it's fine. And um, there, of course, now are so many entertainment options that are associated uh, either just television or uh, virtual runs that are virtual walks that you can take on some of the newer type machines that uh, are quite... Uh, quite entertaining and people can uh, kind of get lost in those uh, as they're doing the treadmill. Okay. I wanted to, we're getting close to the end, but a couple more questions. I, sure. You had mentioned about balance and flexibility. I'm assuming that that's a pretty important aspect of any kind of exercise program for older adults. What would you tell us? Yes, absolutely. Balance and uh, flexibility are absolutely key. Uh, one of the things we know is that uh, balance uh, does diminish uh, in older adults, and usually that is because it uh, is related to our nervous system and our our sense of um, our sense of our environment around us. The really important takeaway here is that balance is a skill that can be trained. When I work with um, Older adults, I include balance exercises throughout the routines, uh, and there are really some simple things that you can do that uh, really clearly will help uh, with your balance and uh, can and improve it. And uh, I've seen that firsthand uh, with um, all types of older adults, um, and and they're you know they're very simple things to do. Um, you can do that. Actually, again, being safe, having a, a wall or a countertop nearby, you can simply try to time yourself uh, doing uh, uh, standing on one foot as long as you have something to grab onto, and you can just practice that. Put a little timer on the microwave, and and as you're heating up your tea in the morning and or coffee or whatever it might be, and you could try your timer and stand with one foot and see if you can increase that time each day. That's a simple way to do some balance exercises. Flexibility is moving at the joint and being able to move through and stretching. That's why I really think stretching is critically important, particularly at the end of your exercise routine after you've warmed up, gone through exercise. Very important as part of recovery to go through a stretching routine, which will include improve your flexibility. Two final questions. What are signs of overexertion? And I would assume that you need to watch for that. What what would be some of the signs of, of overexertion and, and how can that be prevented? Anybody that exercises should be aware of overexertion, um, particularly those that are new to exercise or as we talked about uh, more on the frail side, you want to make sure that uh, 
Here, you start slow and steady so that you can avoid overexertion. I found that most people actually are much stronger and much more capable than they think of. And But there are times when you can have that. Any sense of dizziness or somebody's feeling overly hot or too sweaty or their pulse rate, which we monitor, uh, gets too high or starts to flutter or something like that. Those are all signs of overexertion. Um, again, if you're doing a, a structured program uh, and you're 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 within uh, uh, you know a program that that's well designed, as I say, you you really shouldn't have that and shouldn't have a fear of that. All right. One final question, Chris. The best resource that are useful for learning about personal trainers and exercise programs. What would you tell us? Well, you certainly can reach me. Uh, as I said, you can reach me at um, chriselitetraining at gmail.com or silverfit4life. That's silverfit, F-I-T, for the number four, life, and uh, at gmail.com. Um, you can find me on the Facebook page, uh, Silver Fit for Life, and you can see about my background and, and things that I have done. Uh, there are a couple of other places uh, that I would point folks to. Um, Go for Life, that's G-O-4, L-I-F-E, Life, which is the National Institute on Aging. Uh, YMCA also has some nice um, videos as well as information. Uh, certainly community centers, as uh, we mentioned, uh, in Arlington and uh, Fairfax are great. And uh, there are a lot of... Um, resources online that uh, can get you those basic programs for older adults. Veterans Administration also has some resources too available to anyone uh, that might want to get started. So uh, I'd be happy to entertain any questions uh, that anybody might have at any time. I'm available by email uh, and it's uh, easy to reach me. All right. Well, I want to thank Chris Clow, the fitness professional for joining me today. And if you want to learn more about Aging Matters, best way to do that is just visit agingmattersonline.com. And there you'll see all of the Aging Matters radio and TV show content that we've produced in the last four and a half years. And you also can access the Aging Matters podcasts on Apple and Spotify. The icons are at the bottom of the main page. And in fact, if you want to stay tuned to all Aging Matters uh, activities, you can subscribe to the Aging Matters monthly email newsletter. And that way you'll get updates about new radio shows as well as TV episodes. Aging Matters is produced in association with Ink Mouth Media. If you want to learn more about that company, log on to inkmouthmedia.com. Thank you for listening to Aging Matters today. And remember... Age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week. Music